Welcome to Card Slingers, coming to you coast to coast. Hi, I'm Jamie Elford from Portland, Oregon, representing the West Coast. I'm Melissa Sonova, speaking to you from the Midwest here in St. Louis. And I'm Hillary, the New Yorker. We're going to talk about what we like about the cards. And what we don't like. What we're learning. And what we're teaching. It's all about slinging them cards. So this time, I think, we're going to talk about... um, I, I posted a card the other day and when I wrote on it, I, I just, I usually just freeform my cards of the day and pull whatever meaning I need out of the, the tarot card. And I pulled the card and I was looking at it and all I could think was, you know, it's easier sometimes to let fear drive than it is to let love drive. Because if you start with love and you start with yourself and what you need, the picture is entirely different. You know, um, it was the five of swords that I, that I pulled by the way. And, um, and one of the things that I said is that if you keep leading with fear, maybe it's the anxiety that you're used to, and maybe that's what you're comfortable with, you know? Um, and the eight of cups as well, you know, that just kind of stuck kind of feeling like, do I really need all of this stuff? And so I kind of wanted to talk about that because, it's not something that I think we think about in our day to day. And I know Hillary, before we started recording, you said that you had times in your life when it was, you had to realize that you were leading with fear instead of leading with love. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you just mentioned the eight of cups and so often I see the eight of cups as walking away from an emotionally charged situation, but Mm -hmm. that's not necessarily what the message of that card really is. It's about feeling that emotion and then weighing the options and taking the high road sometimes instead of when you really want to get down in the muck and take the low Mm -hmm. road and like get down on people's levels and get dirty, you know? Like that is about taking the high road and walking away. But remember, the cups cups are about emotion. The cups are about feeling and the water element. And in walking away, you have to understand why. Why Why is this the emotion that I'm feeling? Why is it better to walk away? And sometimes it's, it is about opting out. You know, like you don't mm-hmm. have to engage with people that are making you act out of fear rather than love, you know? Maybe it's more about them than about you, and maybe your lesson is not to engage. Mm-hmm. What about yeah. you, Jamie? Perception or the situation. And we all have had these fair, you know, leading moments. I know like for me and just every day, whenever I get a new project, the first thing I do is freak out. You know, it's awesome to get something. I get excited, but then I'm like, Oh God, Oh God, Oh God, can I do this? You know, is it, am I a one trick pony or not? So some, sometimes even the smallest things will set us off first, but you learn through different mechanisms, whether it's the tarot or other um, therapy-based sessions or whatnot, how to either utilize the fear in positive ways or move through them. Hmm. And I, there is this really great part of Big Magic, which I think is accidentally becoming my Bible by Elizabeth Gilbert. <laughs> and she talks about fear and she says, you have to have fear because the only people that don't have fear are toddlers and terrorists. And that it, it's a, a tool that it tells us when we need to pull in and take care of ourselves. What we often do, though, with fear is that we either point it at ourselves like a weapon instead of a tool, or we point it at other people. 
And her recommendation is that we acknowledge that fear is coming along for the ride, like with new project, new job, new whatever. And we give it some snacks and put it in the back seat and tell it that it can't control a radio and does get to navigate, navigate. It certainly doesn't get to drive, but you just acknowledge that it's there. And it reminds me of that thing. I heard this on like Jay Shetty's podcast, I think. And it just fucking blew my mind because I'd never considered it before. He said, you don't have to react to every thought that goes through your mind. You don't have to react to every feeling that goes through your heart. And I was like, you don't? Hold on. Wait a second. (laughs) (laughs) Table flip. (laughs) That's counterintuitive because I am a super reactive person. And whenever something happens, that's right, Lucy. Whenever (laughs) something happens, I feel like I am responsible for doing something, right? So I gave a reading the other day to a lady who's having weirdness at work, right? It's feeling like mean girls. You know, she felt like she's in high school. And I pulled a card for each of the three women that she worked with. And I was like, this one is having financial problems and cut you out of the project because she needs more money. So it's not personal. This one is afraid of you because you're about five levels ahead of where she is and she wants to be there. So she's kind of being snotty because she's jealous. And this one just flat doesn't like you and there's nothing you can do about it. And she was like, I have no responsibility here. And I went, exactly, exactly. You have zero responsibility here. But until she called and until we could have that conversation, she was taking all of that fear in, going back to the place that felt like it equaled that, right? High school. Mm -hmm. I feel like shit right now because none of these women are talking to me and it's clearly my fault. I'm not a cool girl, right? And instead what the problem was, was that they all had their individual things that were floating off over here that she didn't really know about. So she didn't have a choice, she felt, other than to take it personally and leave with fear, right? Yeah. It's interesting that you were saying that, um, especially about like not everything, not every thought needs a reaction. My husband, who is, I think, like a shaman in disguise most of the time, because he says some of the wisest things and he doesn't even realize it. So thank you, Dave, my lovely husband. But (laughs) I, I asked him once, like, how do you stay so chill? because I'm the one that always like fires up, um, always ready to react. And he was just like, not everything requires your reaction. That's his lesson number one. And I was just like, okay, what's lesson number two? And he was just like, you have to get through lesson number one first. (laughs) Shut up, Dave. (laughs) Well, and it's funny because as you say that, you know, we all three of us are like fire signs. So we tend to get fired up you know, a lot more. We tend to delve into emotional states. Oh, I mean, I, I personally speaking, I, you know, if somebody hurts my friends, I'm like, fuck it. Come on. Where's the motherfucker? Let's take him down because I care so much about their well-being that I want to make sure everybody is balanced or, you know, set right, even though it's not in my power to help them change. But it's like, hey, if I can change the situation around them, I'm happy to, you know, step in and say, hey, where's Greedo? Let's go, you know, let's go bring in the, the mob, the hosses and stuff. Yeah, and man. Out. Yeah. I think my kid actually taught me something, um, my girl child, because she's, I, I don't know if it's in the vernacular now, like what the kids say, if you will. Um, but she, I, I'll say something that makes me upset. And she goes, that sounds like a her problem. And she just like, I'm rubber, you're glue, whatever, you know, like she does this complete force field of not my problem. And oh my God, what freedom is in that, in not owning the the stuff that even the people you love are going through because it's not yours to deal with. 
Right. It's not right. your problem. It's that and, sounds like a them problem. And it, and if you try and step in and like try and figure it out for them, I think I've said it in a previous podcast actually, like you are robbing them of a lesson to be learned for themselves, right? So you can't you can't always step in and figure things out and oftentimes I get like righteously indignant and I want to fight everybody else's battles and it like that kind of feeling in me then triggers now, it <laughs> didn't in the past, now triggers, right. okay, what is it that I'm supposed to be fighting for myself? What is it that I'm supposed to be focused on for myself instead of going out and trying to fight other people's battles? What battles do I need to fight that I'm like actively avoiding by trying to fight somebody else's? Right. It's a really great, because you can pass yourself off as the empress in the middle of that energy. You can just be yeah. like, I love everyone and I want to make sure the people around me are okay. I'm like, yeah, but you know, are you, are you working on your book? Have you talked with your dad about that thing that got weird? And they're like, no, because everyone else in my life needs my attention and care. And I'm like, bullshit. They do. They're adults. No, they don't. And man, that, I just said that whole thing. And that was to me, which sucks. Cause <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that dare so I? much fun? That's so much yeah. fun when you're like giving a reading and then you're just like, oh, this is for me, me too. too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's I, hard. And it jives in with what I was going to add to this all, where we have to take care of ourselves first before we can actually help others. And this is something I try and reiterate. Yeah, kids, you get them. But this is, yeah, it's something I've been reiterating with my partner as well. It's like when you're not feeling well you know, physically, mentally, spiritually, all the, all the different aspects of your life, financially, you can't legitimately offer to help other people in those realms because you don't have enough energy in that area to take on the responsibility for others. So it's like, make sure that you're clean first or healthy or happy before you try and say, okay, I have enough blah, whatever that is to take care of other people. Because right. otherwise you're just coming at each other with your broken bits and cutting each other, you know, and that's not helpful. It's not healthy, but I don't think we're taught that very well because particularly girls, at least when I was in grade school, it was be nice and help other people, be nice and help other people. Well, I'm sitting over here bleeding, you know, emotionally and I shoved it away so I could be nice and help other people. Well, nice is fucking useless. Nice is, is being quiet and sitting on your hands and screaming on the inside. Kind means that you take care of your boundaries and you take care of yourself. And then you look around to see if you can help other people. But we forget that. And it's like you said, Hillary, so much easier to look at other people's shit and go, I could totally fix that. That shit looks fixable. My shit does not. Guess who shit I'm going to work on. Right. <laughs> and it's also about... Way. Yeah, it's also about objectivity as well. And like, I'm bringing it back to tarot as always. Like so many tarot readers say, I can't, I can read for other people, but I can't read for myself. And that's the reason why when we look at other people's problems, we have an objective space to look at their problems. However, we're not seeing all of the problems. We think we're seeing them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We have a very surface idea of what their problems look like and surface ways of fixing them. But then when we try and go back to our own problems, they're unfixable because we haven't gotten ourselves to that objective headspace about them. 
Very true. I mean, yeah. a lot of the times, you know, we just flail around. Like I said at the beginning of this episode, you know, when I get a new project, I, you know, I'm like, yay. And then I go, oh, God, oh, God, what am I going to do? You know, it's like. Kermit you know, arms. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kermit flailing. <laughs> and that's fine. You know, I, that's, you know, kind of been my pro- process. Part of my creative process is one of, you know, just because that gives me the space to get all that anxiety, fear, things out and then I sit down and I focus and I say okay how can I do this objectively or you know what's the first step that you need to do what research needs to be done or what images if this is like writing for an LWB what you know little white book what world do I want to build and then start building from there and I think that recognizing that if maybe your freak out is part of your process and that that's okay but you can't live there because freak out doesn't write a book right? Freak out doesn't help. So I, I, I try to, this is something that, again, that I learned from my kids because I, they're teenagers now, but when they're little, I'm like, I would tell them it's okay to be angry. It's okay to be upset. Do you want me with you when you're angry or do you want to be by yourself? And they would choose and I would give them, I would hold space for them to have whatever feeling they were having. And I find that as I get older, I do that for myself. And I'm like, I'm super pissed right now. I'm going to go be mad for like half an hour. Don't bother me. And I go in my room and I'm mad. And usually I literally sitting on my bed with my arms crossed pouting. And then as soon as I'm finished, I can be productive, but I have to have that. I have to allow that feeling to go through because it's valid and it's fair, you know? And I think that we can honor fear and anger, but we, we have to be careful when we pick them up because those are tools that are often used as weapons. So yeah. we have to make sure that we're holding it right. Well, it's like the five of cups in a way where we've got, you know, got boy grieving over the cups that he spilled and yet there's still cups standing straight up. Mm. And we like to, you know, say that it's, you know, the moment of grief and a lot of people will just skip right over and say, yeah, you're grieving, but you need to move on instead of giving them, have you get, have you taken enough time to grieve this moment? To grieve the passing of a, uh, a loved one or did you honor that? that yeah did you honor or, it first or a relationship or any any thing that you do to grieve you know like the, the getting through the pain like people want to get through the pain the fear the loneliness the anger the grief as quickly as possible and unfortunately grief does not work that way at all. And un- unfortunately, I've had to witness that firsthand and feel that firsthand. Um, when my father passed away, it's been two years and there's still moments where it hits me and I think it's not real, but that is also a part of the grief process. But I think staying there is a very dangerous place, you know, like feel it, give yourself that time, give yourself that space. Um, you can put it, but put, put a time limit on it in such a way that it's just like, okay, I'm going to feel the feelings and now I'm going to take that and do something with it, whether it's not taking action at all, which is a valid choice and decision or taking or, a nap or taking a nap. <laughs> I usually don't take a nap because then they, my sad naps turn into like four hour (laughs) sojourns where they're like mini comas, but I know that's me. So I think the biggest piece about this, like working from love rather than fear is like knowing how you personally react to things and maybe choosing a different way. If you feel like those feelings are not as healthy as some, um, 
and then taking action, you know, like feel the feel, like what Melissa was just saying, feel the feelings, give them space, you know, because I feel like we rush through a lot of that process, you know, and rushing through it is not going to help because you're going to probably have to confront it again in another form Mm -hmm. (laughs) later on down the road. So, and you also bleed all over everybody, which is just, first of all, it's not hygienic. And secondly, somebody's going to get hep A. Like if you think about your emotional pain as if it were tangible blood, this is what, this is my gross visualization that if I get my feelings hurt or I'm, damaged or injured in some way and someone that I love comes up and needs something from me maybe the answer is no I can't right now because I'll get blood all over you you know and it doesn't always have to be a yes I'll I'll whatever I'll drop whatever I can to help you sometimes it needs to be I have so much shit in my heart right now I cannot deal I love you so much I will point you in another direction so that someone else can help you because I I got nothing and I think that that's even kinder to them than trying to fix all they shit, you know? Yeah. Or it's a, yeah, you know, give me a moment. Let me staunch the bleeding here or deal with this first. And then I'll come back to you when I'm able to, you know, it's not that I don't love you or I don't care. It's I gotta take care of this blood first. Cause like you said, I don't want to bleed on you. Yeah. It's like sometimes you don't have the answers right away. Sometimes you don't have the resources right away. And giving a quick answer is actually um, um, a more negative thing to do, a more painful thing to do than taking the time to figure out maybe what the best resource is for that person, you know? Maybe it's not you that's supposed to be solving that particular problem, but maybe you do have the connection to someone that can help that person, mm-hmm. you know? I've yeah, turned man. down I've turned down readings for that fact, like doing a lot of festival style readings where it's you don't have a lot of time that you want to spend with a client, where I've had a client come up to me with a very deeply personal, like grieving issue, and I'm like, I would love to talk to you about that in like a private one-on-one session. Because that's, I don't want to leave you hanging. I don't want to, you know, throw the cards, tell you something, and then let you go without it being, you know, deeply invested or resolved in. It's you know, some of that stuff you can't answer in a couple of minutes. Yeah. And, and it's really doing a disservice to both of you if you try to rush through it. Um, so in closing... What, what are we, I think, I think it's difficult to rewrap the things in your life and look them through love instead of through fear. I think that that's a, a very challenging thing to do and kind of a new idea for a lot of us. So I, I would encourage folks to look at their life and see what is leading, what is driving you? Are you in the same job 10 years down the road that makes you fucking miserable because it's comfortable? Is that worth it? Is the return on investment of living through fear worth it for you? Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's not. But I think it, it bears some, some conversation. So, yeah. I would also say don't be afraid to get help either. I mean, Yeah, absolutely. You know, even the helpers need helpers. Like, I, I'll, I'll be the first to admit I'm in therapy every week for all my stuff, whether it's grief process, learning to set better boundaries, or just having somebody there to, you know, yell my brains at Mm -hmm. that's not somebody i care about somebody in my immediate family and therapy like tarot is a wonderful thing it gives you lots of room 
to explore things. So don't be afraid to try it. Yeah, man. If you don't have the tools, find somebody who does. Uh, my coven right now is actually working on uh, self-compassion and kindness and kindness to yourself. So like we were saying before, like I know Melissa just said it before, there's a difference between nice and kind. And nice is usually like stuffing down all of your emotions and, you know, being polite and kindness is where we really want our, our brains and our hearts to be at because kindness is a much more positive way to go about it rather than niceness and stuffing things down. It's not good to stuff things down because it's going to come boring back. Mm -hmm. But my coven is working on self-compassion and self-kindness. So I want to remind people, especially when you mess up, it's not going to be an easy overnight thing to, you know, reframe your entire existence around working and starting from love rather than starting from fear that takes a long time to unravel and you are going to have slip-ups so remembering to be kind and compassionate to yourself is really key mm -hmm. absolutely well thanks guys i feel better already me Yay. too yeah. <laughs> all right i'll talk to you next time Thank you so much for joining us uh, at Cardslingers Coast to Coast. You can check out more episodes at cardslingerscc.podbeam.com. And please send us your questions at cardslingerscc at gmail.com. We'll see you next time. <laughs>